With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into episode number 138. I will... uh, Joey and I will try and be as chipper as possible with this one, but good God, the uh, the losses just keep on coming uh, as of recently. I mean, first it was Penn State, um, and now now the Phillies season has come to an end, surprisingly, against, the of all teams, the Arizona Diamondbacks. You couldn't have – if you would have told me this at the beginning of the year, I wouldn't have believed you um, or believed that the Phillies were up 3-2 to two and, blo- and blown the lead, but, uh, you know, that's neither here or there, I guess, at this point. Uh, anyways, how is uh, how are you holding up here, Joey? Well, actually, the, the losses started with the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, and then <laughs> then, then, then it went into Penn State. I mean, boom, boom, boom. Leading. And, so, and they say things happen in threes, so uh, hopefully we got these losses out, out of the way for a while. Um, it's just I, – I you know, I blame you for this loss, though. Because okay. you you had said you had said they were going to clinch it, blah 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 blah. Well, no, because you were so proud of yourself for calling for the Rangers, and then you're like, yeah, it's going to be the Rangers and Phillies, and, and I'm like, well, let's hold off here. But my best friend said too after after uh after the Phillies had gone up two nothing in this series, he's just like, I honestly don't even know why like I don't even know why the uh, the Diamondbacks are coming coming out. Like, why are they even showing up? <laughs> oh, jeez! Wow. So he's he's just as guilty as you are for. Uh, I. It's it's the way that the Phillies, you know, dominated them game one and two, in Philadelphia. I knew going out there, like I called game three as a Diamondbacks. I just thought they'd do, and literally, I was for whatever reason, I must my crystal ball must have been clear that night because I said the Diamondbacks would do just enough. And I think they won that game in the tenth inning on in game three. So, um, yeah, I called that one. I didn't think you know it would really. I, I thought the Phillies would drop one game in the series. In, in all reality, I thought Diamondbacks would win game three, and then the Phillies would cruise and and just and get the job done and close it out and and show that they're the better team. And and I, it just still to me, it, it felt like last night. Um, I mean, when Boehm tied the game, I was like, all right, you know, Phillies are going to win this. I just – I thought the Phillies would prove to be too much. But, man, like, I got to tip my cap to uh, 
to Corbin Carroll a little bit. That guy had an absolute night. I mean, yeah, it, it seems like every time he's on base, he's or every time he gets the first, he it's a shoe in that he's taking second. Right. And I, I just it it's still, you know, now we're like twenty four hour, not even twenty four hours removed. I'm still like quite shocked by this one. Like it doesn't, um, doesn't exactly feel real that the that the Phillies lost to the Diamondbacks, but um. Yeah, I mean, when the Diamondbacks needed a clutch hit, they got it. When the Phillies needed a clutch hit, they didn't get it. So it was just they executed better at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of the one of the biggest issues that the Phillies had during the regular season were, um, at, at least in the first half of the regular season, was uh, runners in scoring position and letting them on. And I heard, I saw a little bit of a one of a. Rob's post game pre or post game interviews and, and he said we were one for ten in in this series like and, and it, that that shit's cyclical I mean and it is I mean it, it because when they were winning they were they were they were bringing those runs in and so it, it's just up and down and that's the problem when you rely on such streaky hitting that when it goes bad, if, if you can't manufacture runs and we had a difficult time doing that, it, it's, it's very, very tough. Like our pitching was, was solid, but it wasn't lights out. It wasn't like and it, and it Berlander. Right. Right. And it had to, like it, to go off that point, like it almost had to be because exactly the, because inept of, the, of the offense, right? Like right. It, it plays into that. Cause I mean, and that puts a lot of pressure on the offense. Or like, I mean, our fucking pitching is 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 getting getting, but it's putting us in the position to win. But we still got to win. Like, we, we can't just win with one one or two runs. We have to score like five or six, and and that puts a lot of pressure on the offense. I mean, not that they didn't. I mean, they are they should have already. I mean, I'm sure they already had enough pressure on themselves. But it was just. You you said something that was very succinct. Uh, it doesn't feel – it hasn't registered yet. It doesn't feel like it's real. Um, it probably will. Like For me, the World Series is over. Like, I, I'm not going to watch a single second of it. Oh, I got I, – I, being the baseball nerd that I, that I am, I will. I mean, it's not – I mean, if it was – what was that one World Series? I think it was – oh, it was like Red Sox, Dodgers. I was like, God, just kill me or something. Um like when it's it's a matchup of two teams, I absolutely have disdain for, um, or or just I mean I shouldn't say that I don't have disdain for the Dodgers, but I I don't like them. I don't it just I at least kind of have. I mean this this as much as I it pains me to like you know the the Diamondbacks beat the Phillies, but like this team is so out of left field to me that I'm you know no pun intended that I. Uh, I do have some interest on like seeing how they stack up against the Rangers because I think like the Rangers to go in there and to, to you know get rid of the Astros who have been in the last I think five World Series, it's like that team is kind of a juggernaut in its own right, and and the amount of free agents they went out and got for the pitching st- like they just stockpiled pitching, which is exactly how I would build a team if I was a, a general manager. I would just every pitcher that I can get on the staff that's decent, I would just all right, bring up another guy, bring another guy, and and so on and so forth. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. This, like, in my opinion, I think the Rangers will roll over the Diamondbacks, but 
everybody expected the Phillies to roll over the Diamondbacks, and they didn't. But I, I mean, I just got to think that between the Rangers, because the Rangers can play some small ball, they can hit the ball out of the ballpark. They can kind of do anything on offense. Um, and I just think the Diamondbacks, uh, like their bullpen, absolutely was lights out the last couple of games against the Phillies. But like, is that sustainable? I don't know. And I just look at it once again as like the Rangers being far and far and above a better team. But I'm curious to see like the Diamondbacks, you know, win a game or two here that you don't expect and then they make it a series. Like that's why that's why they play the game. But man, like towards the end of the I think it was in the eighth inning when Alec Bohm struck out last night and he smacked he smashed his bat into a million pieces on the field and then in the dugout. I was thinking, like, at least this guy is showing some heart because not to say other guys aren't and, like, everybody kind of goes through your own, you know, mental mental battle with, with how things are going. But, like, Trey Turner, I mean, he, he just didn't look right at the plate all. He didn't look right games six or seven. Um, and, like, I, I just think some of these star play, like, the Phillies in particular, like, they went out and got all these guys. Like, you got to – I don't know. I just think you got one of those guys has to ex- execute for you. Like if if Alec Bohm and Brandon Marsh are your only offensive, you know, firepower in that game, then you're probably in trouble. And and I just don't quite get it. I know I know the Diamondbacks, you know, got hot at the right time, but for none of these other guys like Harper, Schwarber, Cassiano, like none of them to pick up the slack is just it blows my mind in my opinion. I mean. Unfortunately, that's just that's baseball. I mean, it's. I think this year, if we learned anything from this year, it should be that, like you said, they they play the game on the field, not on on paper. They're especially in baseball, but I mean, we're seeing it this year in the NFL, even and and in college. There's never a sure thing. I mean, because the the sure World Series was going to be the Braves and the Astros. Yeah. Or right. the Dodgers and the Astros. It was going to be the Braves and the Dodgers and the NLCS. Neither one of those guys made it out of their first first round. Um, and then we were we were a, a shoe in, especially going up. So it, literally just anything can happen. And, I mean, that sounds so cliche, and it is, but it's, it's cliche because it's the truth. I mean <laughs> – Right. <laughs> and so I, I don't, I don't have anybody. Be, I mean, I definitely don't have the Rangers being an over overwhelming favorite. I, I would, I would probably make him like maybe minus one thirty to win the series, but not like, and actually I don't even, I'm going to check to see what they are to win. Uh, but I mean, I'm just, I'm still sick a little bit. I'm, I'm just like pissed off. Um, yeah, the it's Rangers just, are minus one seventy. Diamondbacks are plus one forty-five. Well, I was watching a, uh, it's called the best show ever on CSN Philly, and I mean, R- Ricky Botalico is always um, about as animated as anybody about the Phillies. Like he is. Um, He's kind of like I am when it comes to Penn State. Like he just goes on tirades and loses his mind. I, I like Rick, I like Ricky a lot. <laughs> and he, uh, 
he was like, you know, the gloves are off today. Like all these guys that you brought, like Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Trey Turner, um, even JT, like who they're all, they should all be just shit on basically. I mean, there's no, he didn't say that, but you know, he, he was just T- like. Time out here for a second. Uh, preseason, the Diamondbacks were 125 to one to win the World Series. <laughs> they are the third longest odds to make the fall classic. Uh, the 91 Braves were 200 to one. They lost to the Twins. Uh, the 2008 Rays were 150 to one. They lost to the Phillies. So if history holds true, they're going to lose. But then fucking Texas was 50 to one. So if you had either one of it, I mean, and if you would have had this, this fucking matchup, that probably would have been 500 to one. Or, oh yeah. Or, yeah, or more. Yeah. I mean, probably more. Uh, yeah. So. I thought that's interrupting, but 125 to one. That's that's a nice coin. And did you see that uh, that mattress king from Houston or whatever? He lost 10 million. Oh, he can. Yeah, he 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 sweats. He sweats 10 million off his backside. He, he that yeah, guy's fucking that's, low. That's not not going to cause him to lose any sleep. But he was still like, I don't know, losing 10 million at a shot is still it makes you. Makes you twinge a little bit. I mean, oh, he, he, he's something else. Yeah, like, but uh, yeah, they. Sh- I watched a little bit of a clip on him um, during the game, and he was uh, visibly wincing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's too old to be uh, getting himself all worked up like that. I mean, oh my god, I know. Like, I I get myself in high blood pressure situations, but I, you know, this this guy is as old. The guy's not a Philly fan. He no, yeah, make himself sick. He'd probably yeah. kill himself. <laughs> I wouldn't I would not be shocked and uh yeah I mean the Astros suck for so long that he probably was like you know when your team absolutely sucks you're not really stressing it you're just like they suck and like right. now they've been so good that it's like well he's enjoyed some success I mean obviously the cheating and everything else but like he's kind of had the best situation when it comes to that type of stuff because when they're in it they usually win it and when they suck, when they're not in it, they usually suck really bad. So right. that's kind of somewhat of a good thing as far as being a fan of the, of that team. But yeah, I'm I just looking back at this this game. I I mean the Phillies had their like you, like we touched on like the runners in scoring position is ultimately what lost them the game. The lack of offense lost them the game. I mean Ra- Ranger wasn't like a plus, but he kept them in the game. He did enough for sure. Like he gave you a quality. Not a quality start by definition, but in my opinion, a quality start. And it's just, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't think they need to, like, blow up this. Like, I'm sure there's people calling into the to Philly, uh, you know, radio stations and, and such saying they got to blow up this thing. I don't I don't think that's the thing, but it is going to be interesting. Like, do they re-sign NOLA? What's, you know, what's that going to look like, you know, uh, do they go get a bench bat? Do they go like I, I just I'm just curious to see because I Dave Dombrowski is very aggressive and like he's always been that way. So I don't expect them to do nothing. Um, so yeah, I mean, do you, do you see anything like them going to get like a Jordan Montgomery? I think that would be a good move if if Texas doesn't retain him after the the World Series, but um, that could be a good arm to go get. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's. Because after Otani, 
the the quality starter starters anyway out there are are limited. Um, Don't say that so, they got Jack Flaherty out there. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cy Young um, already. But uh, you like you had said uh, off off camera uh, that I don't think that they re-signed Kimbrough because he's 35. Um, I mean, Nola will be going. He's 30 right now, so I, I it saddens me a little bit, but I think that we have seen our last of Aaron Nola. Wow, in the awesome. Phillies, I don't like. I'm not advocating that but that's what i think that they'll move away from him um what you know who's an absolute stud though is hoffman like that guy is just he's pretty damn dependable out of that bullpen like at least in this postseason i can't quite remember the regular season too well on 2.41 era so yeah that's incredible yeah i mean he's the only one better than him was alvarado yeah and I don't know. Hoffman is that guy, though. I mean, for sure, he's he's special. But um, yeah, I'm I'm surprised you say that, though. To to touch on that, like I'm, I mean, do you think it's just going to be the fact that he wants a long term extension and the Phillies aren't yes. going to go there? And then I, he, what he wants is not does not coincide with what the Phillies want, and Philadelphia all of the franchises, uh, football specifically, but Philadelphia's franchises in general are not sentimental towards their players. They, because if that was the case, Chase Utley would have retired a Philly and Jimmy Rollins would have retired a Philly. Brian Dawkins um, is another one. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah. It, and I mean, the, the Eagles are notorious for cutting loose players that are potentially slightly passer prime. I I don't um, see like I, I want to get your take on it, not to cut you off. I've, that's all I've been doing this show, but like uh, what I don't necessarily hate that though because like from a business sense, it's like you 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 uh, alleviate that that seeing like like Zach Ertz. He has been nothing compared to what he was. I mean, granted, it's on a Cardinals team that sucks, but. Like you can tell, he's lost significant amount of steps. You know what I mean? And right. like, getting rid of him was like the right move. I mean, yeah, it sucks, but it's you got to do what's best for the team. Like I, I'm maybe I'm cold hearted right. like that, but no, you're not. I mean, and at the end of the day, I think that that's exactly what you have to do. But part of I think the majority of the fans would agree with your take on that, but. Part of building a very successful franchise is it fosters a, a, a almost like a family sense of being. So to to cut your family out like that sometimes can be can perceived as being cold, um, but it, it, it is, and that's where the the it's a delicate balance between being a business and doing what's best for winning versus being loyal to your players. Because if, if you don't, if the organization doesn't have that loyalty to their, to their players, why should the players have loyalty to the organization? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And like, from that perspective, you're, you're like, there are players where like, 
you know, your legendary guys, like, I, I mean, Zach Hurts was a good, like, he's just one I'm thinking of because it's recently, like, he was a very good player. I don't know if he was, like, an elite player. You know what I mean? Like, right. him, I can, I can like, see, like, like them trading him away. And at the time, I think they did. Brian Dawkins was a fantastic example because he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. Yeah, that's different. And, that's, that's a different level there. That's And, and but he was, Pat, I mean, he had a couple of solid seasons, but not Brian Dawkins-esque seasons at Denver. Right, right. But, I mean, that is a, that's a beautiful example. And that's, I mean, they used to do that all the time with defensive linemen. They would ju- or, or linebackers, they would just um, – I, I, another one I remember is uh, Jeremiah Trotter. Yeah, what, he went to Washington, I think, or – No, I, th- I think he came from Washington and then went somewhere else. Um, Jeremiah – yeah, he was – I, I miss Jeremiah. That was he was player. amazing. Uh, yeah. But he was – he was old, and he was – I mean, he was definitely past his prime. Yeah, so he, he he was with us, went to Washington for two years, came back for us for three, and then uh, went to Tampa for 07, missed 08 for some reason, and then uh, played with the Eagles for uh, 13 <laughs> games in 09. Yeah, so he definitely – I mean, he he didn't mind being here, that's for sure, because he came yeah, back multiple times. times. Right. No, but I, I hear what you're saying, like – See, I, I don't know. Like there, there are certain contracts where uh, I like, and I kind of, I guess in baseball, I have a, a little bit of a different perspective because I don't, I'm not a huge fan at like these super, like I, in my opinion, the Phillies are a super team. Like they've, they've assembled five guys from other teams that are like down, you know, superstars. You could make the case off in their own right. But like, um, like if traits, see, like, Trey Turner, no matter what he accomplishes as a Philly, like he spent so much other time on other teams that, that like if they can move him towards the end of his career, like if he's not playing well and they're like, look, we have a 37 year old shortstop that we don't want. I don't think that would be necessarily a bad like move for him, the organization or like another player that would look at the organization like, Oh, well, what do I owe this team? Because they turned their back on me. Like, He's a guy they brought in for huge money, big contract. You know, it's not like like Chase Utley came up through through the Philly system. The Jimmy Rollins came up through the Philly system. Like Ryan Howard, just, I mean, right? The list squad. goes on. Like Shane Victorino. Like there's a million of them. But like actually, Victorino did. Oh, really? What was he? Right? Yeah, he, he he came over from the Dodgers. Oh, okay, okay. But like, and the, uh, and then I think he went to the Red Sox. See, like, what's even worse is, like, a team – it's funny, I just – this popped in my head, though, like like the Orioles, right? So they have Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman. They're both, in my opinion, super – like, at least stars, and they're, and they're so young. Like, they're wet behind the ears still. And, like, I guarantee they're going to end up going to arbitration and it's going to be a whole big deal just to get those guys potentially signed to the team. Like, that's such a bad look for a team that drafted two guys that are panning out as well as they are like, that's even worse than letting a guy go towards the end of his career. Cause you don't think he's, you know, quite has it anymore. Like that, that is the epitome of like, you are a cheap bastard and 
you should not own a sports franchise. Like it's the same thing with the pirates. Like how many people have they like, it's the A's too. Like the A's are the, like in Moneyball, they say they're the, the blood donors for the, the Yankees or whatever. Or the the donors for it, right. Yeah. But the, see, that's a, there's a difference though, because those teams just don't have the bankroll to, 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 or do they not spend it though? Like, do they, do they actually not have it or do they not spend it? Well, they, okay. So they have it, but if they spent it, they probably, uh, based off of the, the attendance that they draw and things like that, they wouldn't be profitable. So they would lose money and an owner is never, it's only going to lose money if it's like, there's absolutely no way around it. And one way around it is to to not fucking pay players exorbitant salaries. But the thing about Moneyball is um, everybody likes to talk about like, losing Giambi and Damon and stuff like that. But what they don't, what a lot of people don't remember is that Oakland A's pitching staff was fucking lights out. They had, uh, um, hold on here for a second, because of course I can't remember because I'm an old fucking, I can't remember, <laughs> can't remember shit. Um, but th- their starting rotation was Tim Hudson, Barry Zito, Mark Balder, Corey Liddell and Aaron Herring. Uh, I mean, or Harang. I know four, I, that, of, four of those five names, and like that was a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. And they were, I mean, Zito was 23 and five, Mulder was 19 and seven, Hudson was 15, and they were all young. They were all in their rookie contract. So, yeah, they had. Uh, they had a hodgepodge of players and shit like that, but they also had three all-star starters and that can get you through a lot of fucking uh, good God. Four out of their five starters were sub four ERAs. Uh, Two of them were sub three Hudson and Zeta were both under three. Not too shabby, right? Yeah. Not too shabby. They they might've had a fucking, uh, uh, an economic deal in, in hitting and shit like that, but they definitely had first class pitching. So, yeah, no, I and I get like it's it's tough. Like when that that's a great a great talking point, though, in, in my opinion, that it's you know when is it time to like like the Oriole? I don't. I'm sure you remember Adam Jones on the Orioles center fielder, absolutely, like, Pac-Man. <laughs> he uh, he was a great player on the on the Orioles for quite like he was there before they got good then he was there through the Buck Show Walter years and then he like out you know basically right at the end of when Buck got let go you know he he left but they the Orioles could have easily said you know what Adam like he, he I think he got like one year eight mil or one year six mil from the Diamondbacks when he went there and then he ended up going over to Japan. He just now retired like a year or two ago. He's been playing in Japan for a long time. But, oh. like, he easily could – the Orioles could have said, you know what, out of respect, you know, you've been loyal to our franchise. You, you've been a, a huge contributing factor to to the years of success that we we had, you know. And, and, all right, we'll lock you up for one year and you can retire here. And I'm sure he would have. Like, he would have preferred to retire as an Oriole, not a fucking – one year as a diamondback, you know, like it's just not, 
I don't know. And and like see a franchise like that, it does piss me off because I know they're just penny pinching. Like it's like where like a, t- a franchise that I have full trust that winning is the is a priority. And they're like, all right, we'll keep this guy. Like if, if the Phillies kept Chase Utley around, but they have this young second baseman coming up and, and you know, they're going to, they're going to put him in some games, put Utley in some game. Like they'll just make it work. Like I respect that more where some of these teams are like, you know what? I'm just trying to save money. I have no plan on, on success. We're going to do our best, but like, you know, we're just cutting, cutting pennies and, you know, so be it. Yeah, I mean, there is a world of difference between the Baltimore Orioles and the Oakland Athletics or the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, For example, I'm looking at attendance figures. Um, Since, okay, so the A's made, uh, they went to the World Series three years in a row back in the uh, late 80s. Uh, 88, 89, and 90. They made they won one and then they lost the other two. So since 1990, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Since 1990, they have had nine seasons with two million or more attendants. Now the last two years. They haven't even cracked the last three years. I'm sorry. They haven't even cracked a million. <laughs> so now in, in 2000, well, in 2021, the Orioles didn't either, but that's, that was the year right after COVID. Um, but I mean, the Orioles are routinely cracking two. And in the late nineties, early two thousands, they were cracking three. In 1997, they had 3.7 a t- million in attendance. So, yeah, th- there is you can't you can't even begin to compare those two. Th- that's what makes the A's a small market team. The the O's are just a, a fucking cheap team. I, I mean, the owners are. I mean, not right, the, right, hundred percent. I mean, your favorite people, the Angelos, are just cheap, and the, and the Pirates are the same are in the same category as the A's. So really, the the Pirates' attendance isn't closer to the Orioles. I would think with that that stadium being as I mean, people say it's like maybe the nicest stadium in baseball. I mean, Baltimore's up there as well, but Dodgers. Well, okay, no, they, they are. I, I take that back. I was, I was, I was incorrect. Um, from 2012 to 2016, they had a span of five years where they made where they had over two. Two million in in, uh, in in attendance. They haven't cracked the two million mark though since 2016. That surprises um, me. Yeah, I mean, I know they've been and, pissed poor, but still. and they have never cracked three million. That really does. That's that's because Pittsburgh is a, like a, a good sports town, and and this and that. I mean, see, but that's how you send them. Like in my opinion, too, and you know, not to get super long winded here. I mean, we'll we'll get into some other topics, but like. That's how you send a message to the owner, though. Like, I love what the Ace fans did when they they protested and didn't go to the games, and then they reverse protested and everybody went and they were saying, right. you know, yelling, sell the team, sell the team. Like, I, I love that that spirit. And, like, that's how you get the message across to the owner, like, spend more money. Like, I, I, w- I wish more teams would do that. Like, I wish 
you know, like the Marlins. I mean, the Marlins at least made the playoffs this year, but like, how many years did they not even try to compete? You know, like it's just. But they have a couple of World Series in the last twenty years too. Yeah, I mean, years. yeah, but I don't know, and you know, if, you know me though. Like, if I had a sports friend, we're going for it every year. It doesn't matter, but it's. But- now, now listen to this. Uh, in terms of attendance, um, the Phillies from 2007 to 2013 were north of three million every year. And oh, I believe that. This year was the first year that they cracked three million again. Last year they were they were at 2.2, but because of uh, because of the expectations from the previous year plus and. And this is why Trey Turner was worth that three three hundred million, because I promise you he was probably worth two hundred thousand tickets. Really? You think it really? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think Har- Harper, even though Harper's been there a while, like I think well, he, exa- exactly Harper's been there a while, and in in twenty nineteen, that was Harper's first year. They they were at two point seven. So up from the two point two of last year. So I, I see what you mean. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there yeah, there's, there's increase of eight hundred thousand. But I, I still I mean, I'm not trying to I mean, you know, opinions are like assholes, everybody's got one, but And they all stink. <laughs> they uh <laughs> um damn tra- train went off the track on that one now, but Well no, I, they, unless unless well, they decided unless eight hundred thousand people new people decided to see Corey Kimbrell. That's probably what it was. It was uh, yeah, Dylan, yeah, absolutely, Dylan, Dylan Covey. That's what it was. But yeah, uh, no. But I, I, I think like whatever team, like not to say you're wrong. Like I definitely think Trey Turner played a, a role in that. But like, I think being in the World Series last year, that that automatically, yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I may have, I may have embellished when I said two hundred thousand. Um, maybe 2000, no, <laughs> 2000 season tickets, perhaps. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but d- definitely the, the, the biggest catalyst was their world series appearance because they looked at this team and they thought, I mean, especially after they got Turner, like this team is, I mean, they're better now than they were last year. And, and I'm not certain that, that that's not the, I mean, I think that was the case that, it, which is what makes this loss sting that much more because I do believe that we were a better team than we were last year. Yeah, I agree. We have less to show for it. Although, because I am now thinking in in the land of Aaron, it was better for him to lose now than to lose in the World Series. I agree with that statement. I I, I stand by that that statement. (laughs) If if, (laughs) – because you because <laughs> you don't want them to you don't want them to win that because you can't win if you don't get the game no you don't get there disqualify like knowing if I could look at a crystal ball right well, of course no if you know that you're you're not but I'm saying win, what would you rather what, what would you rather have a loss in the NLCS or a loss in the world like which one would you rather and like you have to pick one so. I'd rather have a loss in the World Series because that loss could have been a win you, if you lose in the NLCS, you can't. You can never win a World Series if you don't win in the NLC. In the, I, in, I in get the what you're saying. We're just looking at this from two different. Like I totally get what you're saying. You're not wrong. Right. Uh, you're not wrong in the slightest. Right. But I'm like, I'd I, rather. I, 
I agree with what you say. It doesn't hurt as much now. Yeah, you're getting your balls squeezed when you lose in the World Series. Like you are getting gut punched. Last year, last year was horrible. Like I was, I was like, and 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 the Super Bowl loss was was sickening. Like and the and the Philadelphia Union for Christ's sake. No, I'm just kidding. But 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 again, losing in the playoffs, it, it it sucks, and you get over it quicker, but. If you don't win in the playoffs, you can't win the World Series. You can't win in the Super Bowl. You've got to win those games, and it, which is is just it shows the the magnitude of those championships. And because they are, I mean, God only knows if the Phillies if the Phillies are going to make it again next year. I mean, probably not. It, it's <laughs> to to be. I mean. Most teams don't. I mean, unless you're the Astros or I mean the Dodgers a few years back when they were going every year, but it, it's like you do look at it and like you know me, I'm as pessimistic as they come, especially in sports. It's like I mean, you look at the Braves could knock them out next year, the Diamondbacks could knock them out, the Dodgers. There's so yeah, there's many so teams. Ma- exactly, so many teams. That's what I mean. Like that you you. You slay the dragon by beating the Braves, and then you lose to the – like, I don't care what anybody says. I, I, my opinion will not change. That is, like, a huge failure. Like, that is a massive failure. To 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 beat the Braves and then lose to the Diamondbacks is, like – like, if they beat the Diamondbacks and then lost to the Braves, I'd think differently of it. But it's, like, you've already overcome the team that you weren't supposed to beat, and now this team comes in and beats you. It's a letdown. I don't think that it's a failure – but it's definitely a letdown um, because you think that after beating that juggernaut of a Braves team that, well, shit, it's, it's easy sailing here until we get to the World Series. But the, the very fact that we beat the Braves as handily as we did should prove to everybody that, that there's, there's never easy sailing for anything. And I just – I didn't realize this – until I, I was looking at it right now, prior to last year's World Series run, we had a 10-year playoff drought. Yeah. yeah. That, that is just – and, it, I mean, the last time we made the playoffs was that 2011's – oh, my God. I well, don't think I've ever been as mad. Well, keep, that, now that. Keep keep that in mind, and, and maybe we'll talk some – some college football playoffs when we get it uh, back from the break here with uh, our beloved Penn State and Indy Lions. Roger that. Uh, well, normally on the podcast, we like to just talk, as far as college football is concerned, we just like to talk primarily about one team. But um, not sure if we really touched on this. I mean, other than Harbaugh being suspended at the beginning of the year, but I guess where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, the Michigan Wolverines are, are – I mean, it's questionable what's going on, to say the least. I mean, if you if you've been living under a rock, you I guess you haven't heard about the the fact that they're they allegedly Michigan has been sign stealing and you know this thing that type of thing's been going on. There's a clip from an Ohio State game where they're holding up sign. I I watched that clip like three or four times. I couldn't really identify that they were. I mean, it looked like Ohio State audible and then Michigan audible, and that's it. Like to say that was proof, I don't. That's probably a stretch. At least from the camera angle, I saw. I mean, who knows? But do you think there's like 
where there's smoke, there's fire. Do you th- do you think there's truth to this? Do you think this is an Ohio State like this or, or another team trying to just you know make up a, a scenario or make up a, a situation entirely, or do you think you know Michigan is um, you know guilty of, of doing something along these lines? I think they're definitely guilty of of something. Uh, the severity of of what this something is remains to be seen, but there's just too much evidence that has been accumulated by uh, all these different teams. And I saw a, uh, a halftime interview with uh, Greg Schiano when Rutgers played Michigan. And he was saying, there's something going on here. They're like, we got, like, we've got, like he said this repeatedly three or four different times. And like we were talking off the air, I just knowing the plays in, in football, it, it obviously is a, a huge boon to you, but you still have to stop the stop the team from doing uh, from executing those plays. In baseball, it's a hell of a lot different because if you know you're going to get a fastball, you you don't have to worry about a curve or or, or whatever. I mean. That's knowing a pitch in baseball. I think is much, much of a bigger edge to the person who's perpetrating the crime. In football, I mean, if I know you're going to run outside, if I don't have the troops to stop it, it doesn't matter. Like you're still going to run, beat the shit out of me, and, and <laughs> smash mouth football and, and run over me. So. <laughs> which is why I don't understand why they would have used it against the likes of Rutgers and Indiana and, and Northwestern, unless they just wanted to, I mean, they were practicing or they just wanted to make it look like it uh, spread it out. So maybe it looked less suspicious. I don't know, but it, I mean, I, it definitely, as we said, as you said in the intro, I mean, this is not the first time that Mr. Hallgrall has been caught with his hand in the cookie jar. And does this, it'll be interesting to see one, if this is because these NCAA investigations are never expeditious. They're never quick. So is this going to, going to affect their, postseason eligibility this year probably not but probably not if it does i mean is it going to be a distraction for the team i mean week in and week out if they have to hear this shit or whatever i mean they suspended the uh the assistant in in question but they suspended him with pay so yeah, like, that's not that's not too bad. No, exactly. How great would that have to be? Like, oh, okay. Well, I'm, I I can't come to work today, but I'm still getting paid. Oh, fuck, fuck my life. Could be worse, right? I it mean, could be a hell of a lot worse. Exactly. And like, it's like even if that guy would end up getting canned at the end of the year or before then, like he's on a successful staff. He'll get another. It's not like he's, um. Like, I don't know, and this is a totally different scandal, a totally different thing, but, like, I don't know if Jay Paterno ever will get a coaching job again just because of what happened. Like, th- that's a whole different opening a can of worms. But 
Right. Um, well, I don't know if this guy is a coach as much as as Jay was. Um, right. I think he's more of a like a technical advisor, um, more of like a, um, a statistician, an advanced statistician. I think I'm not sure. I mean, I know his name's Stallions or whatever, but um, you were bringing up the point like how Pete Carroll left when all hell was about ready to break loose at USC and and didn't look back. Um, and this is, I mean, Harbaugh has been rumored to be linked to a, a couple of NFL jobs now. Will this facilitate? Will this facilitate that move? Um, the the difference between Carroll and Harbaugh, though, is um, Harbaugh is a Michigan man. Look, he's, I mean, he played there. He he's he's Michigan through and through. He, I mean, he left the NFL to come to Michigan. So, whereas, I don't know where fucking Pete Carroll graduated from, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't USC. Yeah, no no idea. But really, I mean, who, other than, man, feel bad for Miles Sanders. That's a whole different story. I'm looking at the NFL standings, like, just to get an idea of, like, where, I mean, I, I, I don't think that, um, shoot, who's Carolina's coach? Our former OC. Oh, uh, Reich. Frank Reich. Yeah, Frank Frank Reich, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't think he'd get the can, but they're 0-6. So, I mean, I guess it depend, depends how impatient ownership is. But, um, like, I'm looking down. I mean, Chicago might fire their coach, might not. I don't know. They, they're – do they really have a quarterback? That's the question. Like, what – the Cardinals, I mean, they're 1-6 with Jonathan Gannon, but that's his first season, so – I would expect them not to fire him unless there's inner turmoil. The Giants made the playoffs last year, but they're two and five this year with Brian Dable. They're not going to fire him. I would bet on that, I think. Um, and then like, oh, well, the Chargers, maybe there's one. If, if they don't make the playoffs, I could see that coach getting canned after that that horrible debacle in the playoffs last year. But I could see Ron Rivera getting canned. Yeah, but I commanders. don't. Yeah, but don't you think uh, – What's his name? Bienemy was brought in as like, okay, he'll be the next. Like, if they don't make him the head coach, I'll be shocked, in my opinion. Well, there's got to be a lot of fucking people up in arms if if they don't make him the head coach. Too. That's yeah, that yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, all things point to that. I mean, the Browns are four and two, so that probably if if Stefanski can get them to to the playoffs, like, I don't know if there'll be a ton of coaching openings because there's a lot of. Like the the Texans have D'Amico Ryan's first year head coach, the Colts have the first year head coach of uh, Shane Steichen. Uh, maybe the Titans fire. Uh, what's his name? I actually like that coach though. But very uh, very I like him as a coach. But I mean, they're they're. I'm pretty sure their problems reside in the general manager and like operations of the team because they just don't know how to draft or sign people as of recently. But well, when it, you hit your fucking wagoned Ryan Tannehill for the better part of a decade. And you get rid of AJ Brown for not much. And now they just got rid of that safety to the Eagles for not much. Right. Like, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a couple head coaching jobs, but I don't know if this will be like, you know, in years, like even this past off season where it was just like, Holy shit, there's 10, there's eight jobs open, but um, I just don't know. But I, I, I totally get like when we were talking Pete Carroll off the air, like it 
kind of reminds me of that. I mean, it's two different situations. Like it was more so, you know, they were hooking Matt Leinert up and hooking Reggie Bush up with cars and apartments and strippers and everything, and like everything else under the sun, I'm sure. But this situation's more like, I don't know. I, I don't, if they get hardcore evidence and they get proven to, that they cheated, like I want them to vacate wins and everything else. Like if, if Penn, if Joe Paterno has to vacate wins and he wasn't, and I know it's a different situation, I don't want to make light of what happened, but he didn't do the horrendous crimes that occurred at in, in state college and they, and Penn and uh, excuse me, Joe Pa had to vacate wins. Like why would Michigan not? when they cheated, you know what I mean? Like that's, right. that's on the field, you know, you're manipulating results potentially. Like, and the thing is, it doesn't make sense. Like you said is like, they don't, I can take this to the bank. They don't have to cheat to beat Rutgers. They don't have to cheat to beat Indiana. Like they might struggle here and there. I really doubt they would lose to those teams. So I, I just, maybe they get upset one of those weeks, but like, in the grand scheme of things, they the Big Ten has now kind of gone through Michigan or and or Ohio State. So it's well, the last two years it's just Michigan. I mean, because, right, right, exactly. And I mean, I I'm in agreement with what you say, or I understand with what you say about the, the whole Joe Pa versus this scenario. Um, And the thing is, stripping Joe Pavlov's wins didn't. You can't. You you're punishing the kids who had absolutely nothing to do with it. And which stripping wins is the stupidest fucking thing anyway, because those. I mean, so you're gonna tell you're gonna tell fucking Lavar Arrington he didn't he didn't win those games. <laughs> Well, even Joe, like, I mean, Joe was the head coach, you know what I mean? Like, that's just. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's it's dumb. It, it does. I could see stripping championships, but. Yeah, even, that, but, but, but you think like, okay, so the, to take it back to baseball, do you think like the, Ast- I think the Astros should have an asterisk behind the world series like i i don't 100 percent agree i think i actually think that they shouldn't even have the i think they should have fucking stripped the title i yeah and and you you're you lose your world series and you're banned from the postseason for a, a couple of years i mean yeah it's <laughs> i don't know i i just just I guess, you know, we'll see what happens uh, in time with this Michigan situation. Like, you know, we don't have a clear cut answer on what's going to happen there, but I'd love to see things interesting. It does. And and I'd love to see Michigan crumble. I mean, I I would not mind it one bit whatsoever. Um, I mean, and if they're deserving of so, like they should be like, I think some of these big programs, uh, and I'm not saying this to, take the spotlight off of what Penn state did, but I'm sure, um, you know, allegations and, and, you know, big stories have come out against Northwestern or Wisconsin or Nebraska. It doesn't matter. Like, I think there's a lot more corruption in, in college football than, than people have ever found out about. And it's swept under the rug because money will do that. And 
like I'm just saying if this is brought to the forefront, they should investigate it and, and take it seriously and, and see what comes of it. Like if there's hardcore proof, then you gotta, you gotta go forward and hopefully money doesn't get in the middle of this and, and make it go away just because of. Well, I don't think it can go away because it's been exposed to this level now. Like, right. In order for money to come become involved and get this shit swept under the rug, it would have had to have been, that would have had to happen weeks ago. So, because now you've you've exposed this to to people that that don't like Michigan and they're not going to let it go. I mean, Ohio State. This is going to be the only thing you hear out of Ohio State's mouth, especially since they're probably going to lose to Michigan again, and they're going to say, "Well, yeah, you had to cheat us to beat us." I can't imagine what. Uh, I think they. No, they do play because I one of my buddies is a Michigan fan. And he said they play Penn State at. Happy Valley, but they play Ohio State at home. If they were playing, yeah, I almost wish they were playing Michigan at Ohio State, just because it would be so rowdy. It would be, uh, it would just be a spectacle to see that, honestly. But, um, yeah, to switch gears to a team that does have a loss, unfortunately, in the in the Big Ten, uh, Penn State. It's you know over under forty four. What they're thirty one and a half point. Uh, so it opened at forty four. It's up to forty seven now. Okay. So I mean, obviously, Vegas, and I'm I mean, obviously the the general pub the general public is all over Penn State on this. I mean, this should be a route. I ex- I hope they play angry. To be honest with you, um, after last week, you know, come out there and punch Indiana in the mouth. Unfortunately, for them, they're kind of just in the way now because of of what happened last week. But um, Alar's played a lot better at home. That's pretty well documented. You know. It's he plays better at home than he does on the road, and this Indiana team's uh, what own four. I, I think they're own four. Own uh, yeah, they're own four in the conference. They're two and five overall. Um, a team that I constantly like, kind of like poking fun at because they're just they're just dog shit, really. I mean, truth be told, and and I I expect Penn State to roll them. This shouldn't be a challenge. This isn't the sexiest of matchups, obviously. Now we're kind of waiting to get to. I mean, even Maryland might be a good game. Uh, that one will be a little interesting. But um, yeah, the prediction off of line off of two four seven sports. Shout out to them. Fight on state is uh, forty eight to ten. Uh, so Penn State would cover, and it would murder the over at eleven over. So um, yeah, what do you think? I mean, is this not a close game whatsoever? Is this a route? Is it a you know, a game similar to like a, a Northwestern where they kind of get a, a slow start or do you just see them clicking on all cylinders from, from the first quarter? Um, more the latter than the former. Um, the the computer model that I have um, that I nicknamed the Oracle uh, actually has Penn State winning 56 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not calling for a 56 nothing shutout. Uh, and and to, to, truth be told, I don't know if I how confident I am in the 31 points. Um, but I will be laying some serious wood on the over because I do believe the Penn State covers that themselves. I I can easily see them scoring 50 points. 
He's, um, lay, he's laying the morning wood on the over, he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the evening. <laughs> um, yeah, that – and in all reality, this should not be – it should not be a close game at all. Uh, we haven't seen how out Drew handles a loss yet, though. Uh, so that will be a little interesting to observe. Um Luckily, this game, as you've said, it, um, is at home, and we, uh, he, he and we both play significantly better at home. Um, and it's, it's actually kind of startling, the, the, uh, the, the difference in stats on road versus home. Uh, so there – I would not want to be Indiana this this week. Um, although we have a lot of get back for them from 2020 still. Yep, I'll never forget that. I'll uh, never forget. And that because I I think that game started the the, the catastrophe that that was that season. They because they just were not able to recover from that. Um, well, it was, a, it was a game they should have won. Like it, on once again, we're talking on on paper, but like they were a better team. Obviously, Indiana came to play that day, but they got absolutely robbed. Like that guy did not cross the plane. I will. You know who that guy was, though. Uh, give me a hint at the very least. He, uh, he's he's still in college, but he's with a different team now. I tell you. Michael Penix, the Washington quarterback. Oh wow! Uh, the uh, arguably one of the the front runners for the Heisman. Now that Caleb has uh, choked his chicken and, and decided to, to suck. <laughs> uh, I'm looking back at that. You said 2020 season, right? Yeah, it was a, it was the COVID year. Yeah. Oh, that was. Um... Oh no, it wasn't. So they canceled the first two weeks. Well, they just moved everything back. Well, first off, it was a weird – like, they started the season late. Um, yeah, I think they postponed – they pushed the season – the start of the season back a couple weeks. Um, there were no fans in the stadiums or anything I remember, like that. yeah. I kind of – not to be weird, but I kind of – I don't know how to say I liked it, but it was so different that I kind of liked it. You know what I mean? Like, it was so – like it was something I was like, damn, this is a like this is a spectacle because it's like you're never gonna not say you're never gonna see it again. Year? I don't want to say that because oh yeah, god, I hope not. Do you know who won the Heisman that year though? No idea. I I see that year is a blur to me. I don't. Yeah, it is to me as well. Um, I wouldn't have known this unless I was looking at. It. He's a wide receiver for the Eagles. Oh, Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith. Yeah. yeah, I remember him. I well, I do. Remember that he won the Heisman. I just didn't remember when. Um, but yeah, that was a weird year. I mean, you know, that that was just a. I mean, so the first two weeks get postponed. You know, rescheduled. Indiana beats. I mean, Indiana was twelfth when they beat them, and Penn State wasn't even ranked. And well, then, that was also you got to remember though too that half the nation didn't play. Like. Yeah, there see, were I forgot about a that. lot of conferences that weren't even playing. So, yeah, it was, and God, that was a rough, 
I mean, it, they started out one and one and four. Yeah, one and four. Yeah. God, that's awful. I mean, that is. But yeah, weird season. Obviously, kind of a fluke. I mean, whatever. Other teams did well, but Penn State did not. Um, well, that yeah. was and Micah sat out that year too. Yeah, strange, strangely enough, but um, yeah, I, I forever I will remember that game, and I hope I'm Franklin and the co- you know the coaches that were there when that happened. Like, I I'm not saying that they should play how Oregon played against Colorado and leave yeah. Alar in there till four minutes left, but the fact that they lost to Ohio State and they're getting you know such backlash from that, and the fact that. 2020 happened at the you know the last you know the last play of the game like that and it well in overtime um i hope they kick yeah. the shit like, i hope they hold no prisoners on this one like you know they beat the hell out of them was it just last year or the year before um i hope they do the same i'm pretty sure they played them last year yeah if they play them every year because they're in our they're in our uh division i mean in 2021 we shut them out 24 nothing yeah, and I remember then, that. Yeah, I remember and then we that. shut him out last year. Oh no, I'm sorry, we beat him 45-14 last year. So we, I mean, we're 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 exacting some of our revenge, but 100%. I think we still have like another year or two. Yeah. So not the like like we said, not the sexiest matchup this week, not the the game you circle on the calendar, but it's a get right game. It's a game where hopefully Alar gets his his feet underneath him again and and grows confidence uh, because last yeah, week. That, yeah, that's I think that is a fantastic point. He needs to start regaining some of his confidence. Um, and everybody like I've seen a lot of pundits say, "Well, what do you want to see out of Penn State this weekend?" Um, and I think the overwhelming majority of the answers were, well, "We want to see." downfield plays like drew just chucking it up there and that was like did you see that um the 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 press conference where that one writer asked franklin a question he's just like i don't even know what you're talking right now like you're talking japanese to me you're making me uncomfortable uh (laughs) oh my god i i will send that to you you gotta watch this it's it's a easy for me to say. It's a writer for the uh, Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and he he's he's a Penn State beat writer, and he asked him about have you ever just have a play where Drew doesn't really read the coverage or whatever, he just chucks it downfield no matter what, and he's just like. He was trying to, Franklin was trying to say, no, we always want our quarterback to read the coverage and stuff like that. But he went about it trying to, like, make this guy look bad and ended up really making himself look bad because he's just like, we've never done that. And then this writer shows, like, fucking eight different clips from the past where Clifford and, and Trace both, like, were throwing at you. Speaking of which, <laughs> Did you know that Trace is uh, on the Bears roster now? Oh, my God. I might as well start him. Um, but no. no, the fucking kid from Shepard won no, last I week. I know, I know. I'm just giving – I mean, good God, I hope he doesn't get in there because that offensive line is probably the worst in football or one of. One of. It, it's bad. So, um, But I did not know that. No, that's some uh, 
Yeah, throw it on just a, popped into my head. Throw it on a dime um, like number nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Love so that, love that kid. But, but I do want to see, like, I do want to see some more. I want to see our receivers try to uh, stretch the field a little bit. And this is, I mean, if there's ever a team to, to, to practice that against, it would be Indiana. Although they're only averaging giving up 191 yards a game and all through the air. Like their defense isn't, isn't bad. Horrible. Right. But they give up 174 yards on the ground. That's where they're, they're really, really bad. Yeah, I did. I did read, take, take the Penn State running backs to, to have a good game. Um, yeah, I wouldn't – I mean, and I just think even if – so obviously you play to win the game, like Herm Edwards said so famously. But uh, I don't – like, yes, you want to get Nick Singleton and Katron going as well because they didn't really do anything against Ohio State either. That I put on the coaching staff, though. I don't blame them, those players. But I think – Ultimately, you still have to get Alar. Like, even if you're, you're you want to play to their weakness, yes, but you got to get Alar comfortable. Like, Yurcich and Alar have to be on the same page. Like, they have to work these kinks out because you're not like back to the Michigan game. Like, you're not gonna unless they're some type of flow and some type of you know consistency with the passing game. Like, I don't think you beat Michigan without it. So I just you're going to have to be balanced in this game, I think, and balanced against Michigan and me yeah, and Maryland and even, and even Maryland, maybe they have a good defense. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with everything that you just said there, actually. So uh, when we come, <laughs> come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what the future holds for Penn state. And we'll also, uh, I've got, I've got a question. I've got a hot take question for you um, off the topic of Penn State, but uh, in the world of – in the realm of college football. All right. So i got a big uh, hot take question for you. Um, after US, Caleb Williams and USC lost to Utah for the third time in as many meetings over the past two seasons – uh, that effectively ended the Trojans' national championship aspiration, all but ended their national championship aspirations, as well as Caleb's uh, quest for immortal fame in repeating the Heisman tro- as the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, and I saw a, I think it was a Fox broadcasters say that Caleb should sit down for the rest of the season in order to ensure his health um, and prepare for the NFL draft. What is your opinion on that? Um, so I'm not sure what, what's the health concern or, you know, like what's, but he could just get hurt. Just, oh, like he's perfectly healthy as far he's as we perfectly know. healthy right now. That's a crock of shit. That's, if players start doing that, especially at the quarterback, because I mean, like, I think it was Joey Porter Jr. who didn't play in the uh, Rose Bowl. There was other, like, I forget who else didn't play, but um, like that's a little different. But now you're sitting out. What is this week? 
what Penn State's five and one or six and one, five and they, one. They play. They played one more game than us. I think they're like. I think they're eight and zero actually, because they they played in week zero, um, but th- so he's basically sitting out four more, four to five more games. No, come on now. That's and he he even he hasn't officially said one way or another that he's staying in college or that he's going pro. So. I mean, he would have to basically say, "I'm going pro," and then I'm going to sit out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if what if he sits out and then, like, you know, his, people in his camp are like, you know, man, right now it looks like Carolina will have the number, like wh- whoever it is, right? And like, if they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to draft the quarterback," and you'll drop a couple spots, like you won't go number one overall for whatever reason. And there's pl- people feeding that into his ears and, and stuff like that. He he could sit out this season and then be like, well, it's for my best interest. I'm not going to come out to the NFL draft. Now, how bad would that look now? He's already sat out the year and then he changes his mind. And it's like, he's, I don't know. That, that's so there's, four, there's four more games left in, in their regular season. Um, but they're, they're games against Washington, Oregon and UCLA. So, there's potentially two more, if not three, losses there, um, which would, if he has average games, that could potentially lower his stock in. But to address the point you were you were trying to make, if he sits out these last four games, he's declaring like he's not going to. The people, first off. I think that, that that decision would have been reached by, with a lot of input from the people in his camp. So they're not going to have him sit out for a game. And you know what? Like we're we're changing our mind now. Like if you, if you're sitting out these four games, that's not going to change. Like, like he's going to go because he thinks that he's going to be. The, I mean, and all I don't see him not being the first quarterback taken. Right. Um, right. And the the thing is, I I I have mixed feelings about it, um, but I, I completely understand it, um, especially since Utah's quarterback Cam Rising is has not played. A, I don't think he's played a down this year, uh, and it was like to play in four meaningless games uh, like even if they win all four of those the best they could hope for is to go to the Pac-10 championship win that and you're still not getting into the playoffs because you got no, two but losses do you not owe like in my opinion like do you not owe the university something do you not owe, like you're the guy like the, these guys behind you like you compete all summer to to be the I mean maybe he was a shoe-in guy that I'm sure he was he's a Heisman candidate going into the to the season but like i i just think that's so selfish though that is so like there's no team in that you know there's no i saw him you're you're gonna laugh my guy or your guy matt mcgloin talk about that a, a long time ago that he said these guys that sit out for a bowl and they, we were talking about bowl game this isn't right. talking about you know sitting out in the regular season he said you know he he hates that like he he thinks you know, if you're on the team and you're it's your job to be starting quarterback, then you got to be the starting quarterback as long as 
as long as you're the guy, like, you know what I mean? So uh, it's, I know this would, would absolutely piss him off to no end. Um, I, I just think that's, you're thinking about me, not the team. And I, I just don't, I get it. I understand why someone would do it, but I absolutely don't like it. Okay. So let me ask you this. Is the team going to be paying your paycheck five years down the road? No, you are. Or, no, I mean, but- you're going to be, the team's not going to be making your money for you. You are. So if, if you get hurt, and, and that's the whole thing. I mean, is he going to get hurt? Chances who, are no. Who knows, but, though? Yeah, I give you that. Exactly. Who knows? Um, and I struggle with the exact same thing that, that Matt was talking about, the the, uh, the loyalty to the team and things like that. But, one, you got to realize that Caleb transferred into USC. So he's uh, that wasn't even his first choice. He was at Oklahoma before that um two how much money do you think that that school made off of his likeness and his jerseys and all that shit so um i think that that even it it matters it matters a little less now but with now that the nil is in place but yeah he doesn't know that school shit they have well made well made their money off of him, and I, I think of it like this: it could actually end up being a good thing for USC to sit him because now he sucks. You get, no, I'm just kidding. Well, no, because now you no. get to prepare for next year. No, it's I, the I, whole, it's the whole thing that that we went through last year, like. They're not like they're they're in a completely different situation than we were, where like we wanted to win. Now that they, their national championship hopes are are done, they really don't care. Like, do you, you'd feel the same way if this was, let's say, it's Drew Allars' junior year. We lost to Michigan and Ohio. Like, let's just say we have nothing to play for because there's eight million different scenarios I could run for you, and you could be like, well, we can still get in the college play. Let's just say we have no shot of being in the college playoff, right? Just rule that out right. completely. You would be okay with Drew Aller being like, you know, I'm, I'm not, not saying gonna- I'd be okay with it. I understand. See, and this, <laughs> is, this is how I think, because I, I think along the lines, like I said, like Matt does, like I have a lot of loyalty to this – to Penn State, like thinking of it as a, in terms of a player, but what is college designed to do? It's to prepare you for your professional career, correct? Have have as much fun, you know, do cake stands. And- okay, so well, we're going to uh, have a serious conversation here. Um, <laughs> it's to prepare you for your professional career. Right, I agree. So, I mean, you look at Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates – Neither one of those guys finished college. I mean, yeah, granted, they weren't on a fucking math team that they left and stuff like that. But it's, <laughs> that's, <yeah. laughs> that's it's a good the, one. the whole process, the whole purpose of college is to prepare you for your professional career. If you've already done that and he's already, I mean, no, no matter what this kid does, he's his stock in, in, dra- in the draft is, is set. I mean, he, I don't see a scenario where he's not the first quarterback taken, but even, I mean, he's already won the Heisman. He can't do anything, but he can't do any, anything but work worse than what he did last year. So I, I get why he would potentially think about sitting. 
I don't say that I advocate it whatsoever, but I understand. Uh, yeah. I just think like as a quarterback, you're the leader of the team. Like, I, I just think there's a lot of, there's a lot of aspects to that that I just don't like, you know what I mean? I, I, I totally, like I said, I, I, maybe we're kind of in the same boat though. Like I, we are. I, I understand it. Right. But like, let's say there's a fifth year senior safety on the other side and he's like, come on, man, I'm the leader of the defense. Like you're the leader of the offense. And you're just going to say like, you know, I get it. Like everybody's working to make it to the next level. But I think if, uh, <laughs> I think like if if you love Penn State, you'll you'll play all the like you do make a good point that he is a transfer. That's a little different, but I just think I don't know. Maybe I'm just like I would be so grateful for the opportunity, but I'm that's me sitting here in a chair and I never played a down of high school football, so I don't know. But yeah, and it, that's that's also a good point. Is that like he's had shit thrown to him. Probably, I mean, he's had things handed to him probably since he was six years old. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if he does it. Like I, I think Caleb Williams of all people will not to say anything, you know, too egregious about him, but I, I just think he's definitely a me guy. Like I just get that. So whatever's going to benefit him, like it doesn't matter what it is, but good, bad, or indifferent. I think he will do what's best for him and that's it. So. Yeah. I, I, I would tend to agree with that analogy. I had to cash out early because they uh, gave up a plethora. Of, after uh, giving up 21 points in the first quarter, they gave up six total in the second. But uh, in the third, they were right back to their scoring ways, and it was sitting at 43. And I was able to cash out my $29 or my $24 bet for I think $9. So I'm like, all right, nine is better than zero. There you go. It's all about mindset, right? But it's all no, about, it's, yeah. the uh, switching gears a little bit. I mean, we'll we'll wrap this up, you know, here shortly. But um, the Eagles might potentially have a tough game again this week, just because the the Commanders, for whatever reason, play them extremely tough. I know it's a uh, except in Washington. We tend oh, to own true. them in Washington. Yeah, that's true. That's I give you that. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, after after the, you know basically annihilation of the Dolphins, which I was pleasantly surprised to see. Um, the Eagles do travel to Washington at, you know, the Sunday clock Sunday at one o'clock kick, I should say. And uh, what are your, what are your predictions here? You think it's uh rather easy. You think it's a nail biter like it was the last time. Like what, what's your gut feeling on this, on this win? I don't think matchup, it's, sorry. I don't think it's going to be easy. There is never an easy game. Um, or I shouldn't say never, but very rarely ever an easy game against the Redskins. I don't think it will go to, to overtime like the first game did this year. Um, it will be interesting to see if um, the play calling stays the same, where like if they continue to run the ball first to set up the pass. Um but yeah, that <laughs> that game against that win against Miami was uh, was very much unexpected. That's for sure. <laughs> right, and the way they did it. I mean, Washington is coming off a loss against the Giants, uh, an absolute shootout, fourteen to seven. So mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah, real barn burner there. <laughs> Wonder what that over under was, but I mean, Sam Howell didn't play exceptionally well. Twenty two of forty two, uh, no touchdowns on a pick. They didn't really run the ball too well either. So I don't know. This is a. I'm not gonna say it's a trap game. Like I, you know that that phrase gets overused. I think, but. It definitely doesn't – like, I don't feel extremely – even though I know they just beat Miami like they did. Uh, Washington, like, it, it is – like you said, when they play when they play them down there, it's a different story a little bit. But the fact that, you know, just, the you know, earlier this season they gave the Eagles such a run for their money, I am a little bit, like, apprehensive to be, you know, gung-ho on the Eagles in this game. I mean, I pick <laughs> – the one game I thought the Eagles – not the one game, but I, I thought they'd beat the Jets in a close game and because they've never lost to the Jets in franchise history before that. I was like, oh, I'll feel, I'll feel kind of bullish on them. They lose. So I now my, uh, my predictor is kind of all over the place. And then <laughs> the Eagles play Dallas at home, you know, the following week. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't know. Hopefully they uh, – Pick up where the Phillies left off and, and don't continue the losing in like ways at this point. Uh, so over the last 30 years, Philadelphia is 20 and 10 straight up in game in their games at Washington. Um, they're 18 oh. and 12 against the spread. So they, uh, they, they again, they don't, Obviously, they're not unbeaten, but when you're winning 67% of your games in your opponent's uh, home, home turf. Um, and I do also think that trap games are um, sometimes that phrase is overused a little bit as well. Um, I also think that it's – I don't adhere to the, the concept of a trap game in, so much in the NFL as I do in college because – because they're professionals and the phrase of any given Sunday exists, I just, it, and especially because it's a divisional game that I just, there's no way that they just say, ah, oh, well, it's only the fucking Redskins commanders, whatever we want to call them this week. <laughs> um, Football team. Yeah. 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 Exactly. The WFT. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what fuck the? <laughs> um, uh. But. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the spreads, uh, the last time I saw it was eight. Uh, I don't know if I would be comfortable laying those points. Um, and it, it's just, I, I have I have faith in this team as long as they stay healthy. Um, but... They uh, we we they did get a, a pretty big pickup though from the uh, Titans again. Yeah, uh, we're like I, we almost treat Tennessee like our JV squad. Like we, we just make some horrendous, I mean, some fantastic trades for us, and we just like treat them like a redhead step charge. Hey, they want to give it to us. We'll we'll take it, right? Oh like- yeah, hey, amen. Re up um, or uh, re you know, reaffirm that safety position. Uh, Kevin B B yard, I think, by yard, um, but yeah, by or something like that. It reminds yeah. me of Bayou down by the Bayou. <laughs> um, 
Oh, and, and FYI, the Eagles are six and a half point favorites. Um, but now this is how you can tell that Vegas is leaning towards Philly covering that because the juice is minus 115 and the commander's juice is minus 105. Mm. So that is a very strong indicator on on how to like look at lines to see where where the books think that now I mean obviously it's not infallible but if you read those numbers and follow them a little bit more than normal you'll come out on the right side of the plus side right well it'll be interesting uh we covered quite a bit you know our normal uh, our normal slate of I mean to the to the, this point as of recently obviously to, to, with to the today, junior yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm stalling out towards the end of the show uh for without a doubt but yeah uh i will still catch the world series i i think i think joey's gonna eat his words and i think he'll at least flip it on for a little bit absolutely not <laughs> we'll, nah, we'll, we'll we'll see once it's game three four five uh, and so on and so forth but i i don't even know if i'll bet on it but i'm, I'm taking the rangers to win it all i'll put money down on that See, I don't like making futures bets like that because it ties my money up too long. I mean, I, I yeah, I get it. I get that. If I'm going to put down fifty dollars on a team to win it all, I think I could make more money betting on them on individual games. Uh, that's is, however, is not proven to be true in any shape or form. It's just in my mind, it's the truth. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I, I get it, but I think the Rangers win in five. Uh, that's my prediction. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys. We're, we're trying to get on this consistent schedule now. Not trying. We were, I assume we're going to yeah, do it. We, we, <laughs> we, we, we made it two, two shows in a row now. Two, uh, two, we're like the Phillies up to, oh, and yeah, then what the fuck? Now happened? we just got to work on getting the time set down. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, for sure. But, uh, yeah. Uh, till next time I got a shout out. 1420 sports podcast i know they chimed in on uh talking about our last pod so appreciate the listen for sure absolutely it's nice to know that there's more than just me and you that listen to this we're not just talking to the walls uh but yeah they uh also fan in the van jim plotner and two dudes of sports news uh the you know we are part of the belly up sports media network so check out all those podcasts that are on the the network itself there's a million different ones so definitely give some of those a try and till next time peace and i'll hand it over to joey to let us know where we can find him at oh so there is a, a bit of a uh, r.i.p message here um game time sharks is no longer uh there were some things that just didn't pan out there and it's uh kind of sad but we're moving on from there so uh, right now, the uh, the only place you can find my me is at uh, as the lead college writer at DocSports.com. Um, I will be starting a uh, a new gig here shortly at um, Philly Sports Network, and I'm pretty excited about that because I get to uh, resume my coverage of the uh, all things Philadelphia. And with basketball season just kicking off, uh, the Sixers play tomorrow. Uh, you talk about a shit show. I think that's going to be it with the heart <laughs> and drama. So that, that ought to be fun. But, uh, yeah, so you can find me at DocSports.com. 
And uh, and that's it. Till next time, well, we're going to keep pushing. And it's been hard, though. Penn State first, now the Phillies. Is just... Keep on trucking, though, regardless that's of the hops. <laughs> Peace.